Yeah, absolutely. It's insanity to look back on where we started to where we are now. Um, And for yourself, you're in an industry that is really hard to make money in. Hey, I'm Cassidy Brooke, a full-time equine photographer with a passion for helping other photographers create the life of their dreams. When I abruptly quit my corporate job without any idea of what I was going to do, I suddenly found myself picking up a $400 camera, downloading a free app on my iPad, and taking photos of any horse I could get in front of my camera. That little hobby sparked a six-figure business, which allows me to live life on my terms. Now, I'm here to help you grow your photography business so that you can make your wildest dreams your reality. This is the Equine Photography Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Equine Photography Podcast. I am your host, Cassidy, and I just wanted to hop on with a few updates for you guys before we hop into this episode. Number one update is all courses are currently open in the Equine Photography Academy. You can currently enroll inside the Equine Videography Masterclass, the Black Background Masterclass, as well as the Equine Photography Masterclass. Doors are open for a very limited time to all courses. So go ahead and hop on there and you can get into any course right now. The next thing I want to mention is this episode is a tiny bit different because normally I start the episode by introducing the guest that we have. However, Krista, who is my guest in this episode, we just sort of were talking before we were really truly recording, even though it was recorded, and it was just way too valuable. So I did not want to leave it out, but just know this episode does kind of start abruptly. We're just talking and I really wanted you guys to be able to listen in and hear that. I thought it was really valuable. Um, there is a little bit of cursing in this episode, nothing major, but just wanted you guys to be aware of that. So let's get into the episode with Krista Myers, who is the equestrian bookkeeper. I think you guys are going to love this episode. We talk about money, our mindset around money, managing it, all the good things. And I just think it's a really powerful episode and I hope you enjoy. you hit it on the nail because we are often, every time someone talks about money in the horse world, they go, I don't talk about it to brag or, you know, the money's nice, but it's not about the money. But at the end of the day, what pays the bills? What allows us to go chase those horse girl dreams? Um, In the last year, I have traveled more than I ever have. I have met more horse girls and the good kind of horse girls, the ones you want to really be around. And we have a habit of making events together so that we can spend time with each other. Um, And I think that is so magical, but each and every one of them also are doing incredible in their business. And every time they go to talk about it, even myself, I find that hesitation where it's like, oh, should I put these numbers up? Like I'm making a good amount of money. What will people think about me? So even last night, I posted on my stories how much I have in sales or in in cash sales for January. So I'm nearing 12K. I've yet to put my bookkeeping clients in there. And there's always some panic projects that come through because we are getting closer to tax season. Um, So there's a very good chance that January is a 20K month for me. And that is just insanity because one, I know... A couple of years ago, I was not making that. Um, divide that by 100 and that's about it. But 
we are also in an industry that doesn't talk about what we make, doesn't talk about our bottom line, doesn't talk about the shame that comes around money. So I'm trying to be transparent with the money I make to encourage others to as well. Um, Equestrian entrepreneur who uh, the company I'm now operating under because I went from sole proprietorship to incorporation because I don't want to pay the government more taxes than I need to. And liability is important. Um, And so under the incorporation, I am going to be able to pay less taxes, be able to write off my my own wages. So reaching those numbers is really, really amazing. But at the same time, we just don't talk about it. Um, and so there's a research form that I have on Equestrian Entrepreneur's website um, and ask simple questions like, you know, what do you charge for your services? And what did you initially charge when you started? Um, I'm going to revamp that to have some new questions, but I'm trying to encourage transparency and then put that back out into the industry to have conversations on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you, I mean, like you said, that is, there is this sense of like, not that I feel bad that I'm making a lot of money in this, but it does have that like, oh, if so-and-so says that they're making six figures, they're just bragging about it. And like this, I guess sort of thought like, oh, are they even really making that? Like, I feel like human beings in general are just so like, no, that's not possible. You know, like it's just such a negative, like people are so, I don't know, I guess like turned off by talking about money. So it it does kind of give you this like, oh, let me preface by saying like, oh, I'm not trying to brag about it. You know, I'm trying not, not trying to make anyone feel bad, but I do want to just like freaking own it. Like I, to myself, I'm like, damn, I'm a freaking boss. Like, I can't believe that I can make this kind of money doing what I'm doing. And like you said, you know, several years ago, I wouldn't, I literally wouldn't have dreamed of making this much money. If I had like a thousand dollars in a month, I was like, oh my God, I've made it. Like I did it. This is amazing. And now I would be devastated if I had a thousand dollar a month. Yep, absolutely. It's insanity to look back on where we started to where we are now. Um, And for yourself, you're in an industry that is really hard to make money in or the the specific area of our industry. Um, For myself, I never thought people would pay me to want to listen to my opinion and help them grow their business because I often found myself biting my tongue in my corporate job, not sharing my ideas because I was scared that someone would shoot them down. And now people come to me, I'm just like, okay, well, this is what we need to do in your business. This is how we increase your top line. This is how we, we make your bottom line better. And these are the strategies to really hone in on leveraging that money. Um, because besides bookkeeping, I am a business analyst. I love branding. And so leveraging your numbers, using that data to then go and grow your money even more or handling your money so that it is working for you are two really areas that I'm really passionate about. Um, And so for yourself, you are a six-figure business. And every time um, I hear this on IG or even around the barn, I'm just always, there's that stereotype of, oh, you know, is it like an Instagram business? What is going on there? But in actuality, we're just boots to the ground. We are putting the work into it, um, which also we have our work side of things, but we also need to make sure we are resting. And I was just talking about how I woke up um, after a 12 hour day yesterday, felt amazing yesterday. And then I woke up and I have a headache. So it's that balancing act. And we are horse girls and we know just to work, work, work and keep going. But oftentimes we have to like make ourselves step back. Um, And that is where I've seen huge transformations in my business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I saw something recently that was like, even 
the rest is part of the work. And I like think that's so true. Like I often have my biggest like breakthroughs, like when I'm struggling with like, you know, a question in my business or just like what direction to go next. Like usually when I completely stop thinking about it and I go ride my horse is when like the answer comes to me instead of trying to like hustle my way to the answer and be like, Oh no, I have to grind and work to find that answer. Absolutely. Um, this fall was an area where I found myself sitting in this chair way too much because I was like, I need to sit here and figure this out and make the next X amount of months really amazing. And then I was like, I didn't, I didn't leave my corporate job just to sit in a chair when I have the ability to go and spend time with my horse or go and find a really cute cafe. Um, and the moment we remove ourselves from the stuck, the stuck gets moving. A hundred percent. Amazing. Yeah, it is. And it's so like counterintuitive to what we want to do because we want to sit there and grind and find, like, I'm going to find the answer. I'm gritty, but really the answer comes the second you stop looking for it. I feel like in like every case of my life, that is exactly how it goes. But remembering that in the moment, you know, is always tricky. It absolutely is. Um, I took a trip down to the Adirondacks with a couple other uh, equestrian entrepreneurs in the fall and very much needed in which was rest, but also, and I hate this word, but productive rest, where I was able to sit down with the girls and have discussions on our businesses and soundboard. But in between, we were hiking and we were trail riding. Um, I will say that cowboy gallops and uh, hunter gallops, a lot different. That was a good learning curve. (laughs) But even in those moments, if you are someone that really sucks at rest, like myself, that productive rest where we're able to do just a little bit and then have some fun. Um, the quote, make sure you're, um, make sure you're creating a living at the same time you're making a life. Um, because it is really important that we are building these equestrian entrepreneur empires, but we are also building the horse girl dream that we want as well. A hundred percent. I could not agree more. And this is like, we've already just like dived right in. So this obviously all has to go in the podcast, (laughs) but before we get like too much deeper in, I will like, I'm like, I don't want to stop our like conversation because it's already just so amazing without even really trying. But why don't you just like briefly introduce yourself, Krista, and just kind of like tell us about what you do. Absolutely. All right. Um, My name is Krista Myers. I am the CEO of Equestrian Entrepreneur Inc. Um, I started my business January 1, 2021. Um, So we are coming up on two full years in business. Um, And when I started, I didn't necessarily advertise it to equestrian entrepreneurs. That actually came about on its own. I said, hey, I will do bookkeeping for basically anyone. I posted up on Instagram and my own Facebook And what happened was the majority of it was from my horse life um, that I had walked away from and tried to burn. And so all of these horse girls were coming back in my life and I found myself just going and speaking to so many equestrian businesses. So I niched down pretty damn quick. Um, And I wasn't sure because horses and money, not something that's commonly talked about, not something that we actively pursue to fix. Um, And Instantly, I was able to bring in a good amount of clientele. Within nine months, I left my corporate job. Um, I was a purchasing um, coordinator as well as logistics for an automotive manufacturer. So paid well, and I was a 
pretty sitting desk jockey. Um, and when I started, I actually had no intentions of going full-time with my business. I thought I could keep it a side hustle. I could enjoy it. Um, but what I found was that I wasn't able to give a hundred percent to my clients when I was also giving 80% to my job, 20% to my school at that time that I was in school. Um, and so I had to make the tough decisions. And now fast forward a couple of years, I have helped over a hundred equestrian entrepreneurs get a handle on their bookkeeping, prioritize profit and actually make money in their businesses. That's amazing. And I like, you know, I think it's amazing how you said you didn't really intend for it to be in the equestrian space, but it just kind of like, I do feel like us horse girls have this like stigma where it's just like, oh, we'll just spend the money on the horse and we'll figure it out later. There's no like Excel spreadsheet. There's no plan. And I, you know, something that I am like really passionate about, I don't know if I've ever actually said this like out loud in general, probably definitely not on a podcast or even social media, but like the whole idea that you cannot be successful in the horse world, unless you come from money, absolutely like burns like a fire inside me. It makes me so deeply angry because I do not come from money. Uh, my mom was a single mom with four kids. She worked lots of jobs. We lived in an apartment where I had to shoot, share a room with her and my siblings all shared a room. Like I come from really no money at all. And I mean, my first horse I got when I was in high school and I worked for like, I went and I worked every morning, clean stalls before I went to high school. And so it's like, I have this, like, I think deep desire in me to like Prove that you can make it in the horse world. And I don't want to be a professional. I don't want to go to the Olympics, but I want to jump some freaking big jumps on my nice freaking horses that I bought for myself, that there was no parent backing, no family money, almost like to prove that you can make money and you can make it in the horse world and go to the A shows every weekend if that's what you want to do by doing it yourself. 1000%. And you nailed it on the head with being able to without saying it in full words, we are able to love what we do in the horse world and also love what we do outside of our business. Um, we can enjoy horses in our business and outside of it. And so if that means working throughout the week and making sure we have time for those horse shows or have time for those trail rides or just quiet moment with those horses, we get to do that. Um, we share a similar story. And the moment you said, you know, if you don't come for money, you're going to not make it in the horse world. That was something I struggled growing up with. Um, I, again, a family like yourself, not much money. And so I worked off lessons. I worked off board. Um, if I wasn't at school, I was in the barn. And if I wasn't at the barn, I was at a second job. Um, and so that is how I made things work because I was determined to chase my dreams and make sure that I was able to provide for my horse, even in high school. Um, and so there is a good amount of grace in accepting that coming from money does not determine where you go in the horse world. My first horse was $500, um, barely broke chestnut mare, four years old. Um, and so we learned a lot. I bought her, well, my parents bought her in grade, between the summer of grade eight and grade nine. I think it was my dad's way of keeping me away from boys and it most definitely worked. Um, and I was able to do things with that mare I never thought of. Um, and then I went on to show um, Trillium, which up here is just um, our provincial circuit. And that was a really big deal to me because I never thought I would be able to afford anything beyond a once a year schooling show. So no, we absolutely do not have to come from money, but we also have to be 
mindful that we are not putting a block up because we hold, you know, whether it's envy or jealousy or distaste towards money. Um, One of the big pieces I really learned in my money journey is your mindset puts blocks in there. If you think you are unworthy of receiving money, if you think money is inherently bad, if you think money is the reason why some people make it and others don't, um, that can really make that block. And yes, I will not argue that money uh, helps and it does give people that extra leverage. Um, There is people who are able to drop whatever they're doing and go to the other side of the country to show because they do have money, whether they come from it or not. Um, I don't necessarily, I will have this conversation a lot and I will always say, I don't care if you come from money. I also don't care that you have money right now. I care about how you handle it, how you treat it, and what you do with it. Um, There is people with lots of money that are too afraid to touch it. And then there's people with not much money who just throw it away. And so it is really important to get both a money mindset, but also money management when it comes to being a equestrian entrepreneur or even just a horse girl as well. Oh yeah. I think that like this topic, I never realized how much I actually love talking about money, but talking to someone else who's clearly excited to talk about money does get me super excited. And I I may have said this before in a podcast episode, but one of the biggest changes in my business to go from like, okay, like I'm getting by, I don't have to go get a full-time job again. Like the bills are getting paid, but I'm not like thriving. Like the change from like that place to holy crap, I can go do whatever I want and buy what I want and show where I want whenever I want was being excited about money and feeling worthy of receiving money and not feeling that, um, oh, like I just take pictures for a living. Why should somebody pay me a lot of money to do that? And kind of that whole, oh, the market's so saturated. You can't really make money doing this unless you're like the top two people. Like once I let go of all of those really toxic limiting beliefs and was like, I can freaking make a lot of money. Not only can I, I will. And I will show other people how to do it once I've figured it all out. Absolutely. Um, And that's a really, I would love to dive into that more (laughs) is how we went from, you know, surviving to thriving. um, And that again, what you do is it's not impossible, but it's hard. And photographers, videographers, um, content creators um, underprice themselves. There's no way around them, Um, especially if you are just starting out. You know, the same thing you say, I just take photos. No, you capture memories in which people will cherish the rest of their life. You capture content that will make brands thousands of dollars if they utilize it correctly. Um, And so that is so important in pricing yourself to respect that, um, to respect both the brand or the human and then yourself is really important because at the end of the day, um, we don't need to be hustling on top of a corporate job, on top of another job and, you know, trying to make ends meet. We need to be pricing appropriately so that you can create profit. Profit is not greed. Profit allows us to invest back in our business so that we can make a bigger impact on our industry. Profit allows us to be able to pay our own bills, which goes right back into the industry. We got paid boarders, paid farriers, and that really allows us to trickle down into the industry. Um, 
I am out here trying to end the broke horse girl era, but I know that's going to take quite a while because we need to trickle this all the way down. We can have people at the top making money um, and they might be making money, but they're not treating it or handling any better. And they are just holding us down as well. Um, And that is such a hard thing to say because I admire so many businesses at the top, Um, but we need to be able to have the big fish treat their money properly and treat the people who work under them properly so that we get to the grassroots, our school horses, our boarding barns that are able to sustain sustain themselves and able to provide care to both their horses and themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there is like, you know, you talk about not just having money, but then handling it and managing it. Right. And I think if you just don't believe that you're worthy of having money, no matter how much money comes in, you will absolutely do everything in your power to make it disappear as quickly as possible because you don't believe you're worthy of that. And I see that happen, you know, a lot. And then I work hard so I can have money so I can go and enjoy and show my horse and do all the things I want with my horse. And I think part of me is trying to like that young Cassidy, the little girl that like, didn't get to have anything. Like I only got to ride the school horses and I had to work for those lessons. And there were the girls who kind of had everything. So I think probably that there's like something really that that needs to be like, you know, healed there that I'm like trying to do, but I show up so much better for my clients. Like if I go to a photo shoot after I've had a great horse show or even and a great horse show to me, is like having fun with friends at a horse show. It's not like placing, But like, if I do a shoot a few days after coming home from a horse show like that, like I bring my absolute best self, my best work versus if I'm just like working nonstop, never taking the break, charging people so little that I have to just do so much of it. Like I don't bring my best self. I don't bring my best work when I'm in that. And I don't think I realized that in the beginning. I think it was just like, oh, let me charge as little as possible and do as much as possible instead of being like, let me charge an amount. Like I tell all of my students this and everyone I can now, like someone will be like, how much should I charge for this? And I'm like, how much would you be excited to get for that job? You know, if you like, if you just genuinely have no idea what number, like if you got, let's say, you know, you're just starting out and if you got $500 for that job, like, would you be so pumped about it? Then say that number because I've found in my career more often than not, people say yes. And when the people say no, it makes room for somebody who is going to say yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) Everything you just said, I'm over here like nodding. Absolutely. Um, I want to go back to, you know, how you come home from a horse show and you just do so much better. You enjoy it so much. Um, One, it's also so important to stimulate all the parts of our brain so that we are able to use all the parts of our brains. Um, But perhaps you have experienced this too. When I was in school, um, right before a big exam, my coach would schedule a lesson. Um, So if the exam was at 12, I was riding at 10. And so we would get me ready, get some um, body parts moving, get the brain moving, and then she would send me off to my exam. And every single time, unless I fell off, (laughs) um, I did really, really well at those exams. The one time I did fall off, um, we managed to pass. So that's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) mission accomplished you know right and so that follows me throughout my life whenever there's big important pieces you will find me at the barn before I go in and do that Um, and that just speaks to who we are as horse girls yeah yeah there's just nothing I have tried so hard like so hard to find something else that makes me feel the way horses do and not even just 
horses, but like specifically jumping because I would love it if that's not what my passion in life was. And the one thing that could get me out of bed on the worst morning, you know, I, I, I say sometimes I'm like, imagine if I had just played tennis, like how, you know, <laughs> like how life might be if I'd just been a tennis girl instead of a horse girl, like, you know, horses are expensive and emotionally and physically draining, but there's, you know, there's nothing like it. And there's nothing that can like recenter me and make me believe that like, Hey, the world is actually not a deep, dark place. And it is a beautiful place worth like, you know, thriving in it. Horses are the one thing that can do that for me. That um, I've been having this conversation a lot lately where we always find ourselves back to the horses. Um, and for me, a piece I will always reiterate is we often fell in love with horses because of their magic. Um, the times we begin to experience anxiety or any kind of negative emotions often stems from us focusing on the goals or not focusing on the magic of the horses. And that's the same thing within business. If we are focusing too hard on the goals we miss out on the magic. Um, I have hit goals I never thought I would. Um, and that in itself is magic. But the people I have met, the humans I have been able to help, the horses I have met and the barns I have walked through that are just so gorgeous. I would have never thought would come true. Um, I stopped dreaming of those possibilities and opportunities quite a few years ago. So to be able to live that out now, the same thing that you were talking about is like living our young horse girl dreams. So mm -hmm. I am heading down to Florida in February to um, co-host a retreat with Tara from Farm and Fur Co and Taylor from Gold Horse Media. Um, and I remember having to choose between going away to university or going down to Florida for a working student position a few years ago now. Um, and I chose university because everyone was like, you need to go and get the university degree. You need to go and get the corporate job that pays for the horses or else you need to marry rich. And I am someone who is probably to a fault independent. Um, and I am someone who is always reaching for goals. So I went, I did university. Um, I was able to compete on the collegiate team. I was also able to compete locally with my best friend at that time, which was an incredible moment. Um, and that is how I met my gelding who passed away from colic after three months of owning him um, because horses are horses and living is hard apparently um, and so those were all really big shifts that led me to walking away from our sport I sold everything I you know horses on the side of the road I don't see them really put up those those blocks and ultimately tried to do a poor job at burning that book entirely. Um, and so now to be back here, owning my own horse, loving owning my own horse, uh, but also being able to go and go down to Florida into Wellington and see that space without having to um, physically work while I'm down there. Yes, I will be working but I'm not shoveling shit um and so it's funny how we are able to 
make those dreams of our younger selves come true now that we are able to make money in horses. Um, we are also planning to go to the Kentucky three-day. Um, I almost called it Rolex, but I don't believe it's called that anymore. Land Rover. Um, it's still Rolex though. I mean, it's Land Rover, but Rolex just rolls off the tongue better. Right. Um, and so I grew up wanting to get into eventing and I tried um I have the scars to prove it but it's going to be amazing to sit there and watch these happen while also having some of my very close horse girlfriends um so it is so important use your business to create money and then use that money to go and live your equestrian entrepreneur your horse girl dreams whatever that looks like to you because you get to build your business on your own terms um a hundred percent yeah absolutely so that leads me to how did you make that shift from putting up the blinders where you don't see horses on the side of the road, you're not whipping your neck around because a horse trailer just passed to where you're at now? Like, what was there one day where you were like, I see the horses again? Like, how did that shift happen? No, um, there was a lot of pain, a lot of attempting to heal, um, mindset books, mindset coaches, um, a lot of very long nights by myself trying to work through it um, because even when I was trying to ignore the horse world and everything that came with it, it was also the one place I could find a moment of peace. So I, I, I sold everything besides my coolers and I put them in a box downstairs and when it got a little too hard, whether it was my own life or ignoring horses, I would find myself down there. Um, and I cannot say there was one day or one moment where I was like, okay, I am going to give this a go. Um, I actually had a client who is spiritual and is a communicator. And at the end of our call, she went, are you okay if I share a message with you? And I was like, yes, because at that time I was beginning to, I had just started riding. Um, I was beginning to look into leasing or potentially buying back my heart horse and she goes, he wants to know why you're not jumping anymore. And that was just a whoosh of emotions because Sven, my my gelding, he gave me so much confidence in, in jumping and jumping heights I never thought I could. Um, in essence, he really taught me how to fly. Um, and so at that point, it was like, okay. So I have my big reindeer asking me if I, why I'm not jumping anymore. I mean, how do I explain that it doesn't feel right anymore without him, or it feels like I'm betraying him. Um, and then she also brought up my heart horse, who is only an hour and a bit away from me. And actually this one came from a different communicator. This one came from Spirit Horse Collective. So Molly, um, and she was asking me to really dig deep and look at what I am trying to do with horses. Um, because my heart horse taught me how to have fun, taught me how to really nurture and feel loved because um, growing up, independent to a fault, um, horses were the one spot I was able to take the guard down to be really, really soft with them. Um, and so those were two really big moments that made me sit here and go, okay, what am I doing this for? Because if I am here grinding to help other equestrian entrepreneurs live their dreams, what is mine? What does that look like? Um, and I remember when Sven passed, everyone always kept saying, you know, it happens for a reason. I'm like, 
what kind of reason? Because you let me know. I don't see any. Um, and I learned I had to melt. I had to melt the, the hard exterior that I had in order to one feel love, but also to experience life in its entirety. Um, and so as much as I hate the saying that time heals, time healed. Um, there is still moments when I am reminded of a piece that, you know, it just takes the breath away or you are trying to love the horses, but you are also dealing with the pain at the same time. Um, and I am now doing my best to use that story and use that reason. Um, because at the end of the day, he taught me how to fly and he also taught me how to love. Um, and that is something really important in horses because, you know, even our businesses, we can grind, we can hustle. But if we are doing that um, for a rooted reason, that grinding and hustling will burn you out. That grinding and hustling will take you away from living your life and will have you building an empire only instead of a life as well. Um, so I wish I could say there was one magical day I woke up and the pain went away. Um, but it eventually faded into, into power, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause the word in my head that whole time was like, wow, that was, that's really powerful. Like all of that. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And I love that you talk about like the spiritual, because that I think is another thing that's not talked about in the horse world. And that's been such a big key to my success is being okay with like the weird woo woo stuff and not just the grind because I naturally like you, I'm like, I, I'm a strong independent girl who's going to make my own shit happen at whatever cost. Like I don't have to sleep if I don't, you know, if that's the difference between my success and not, and you can't make a happy life that way you know like yes you can chase the money and make lots of money by doing that but you know at what cost and without a dream what is even the point of doing all of it so I guess that leads me to like my next question like how important is having that dream and what about the you know horse girl who maybe her dream isn't like my dream is to buy lots of six-figure horses and get to show whenever I want but what about someone who, you know, whose dream maybe doesn't look so financially big? Like, how do you keep that desire to make money and make a profitable business when maybe your dreams don't require that much money? Oh, this is perfect because I just had this conversation with this month with a client. Um, that is absolutely fine if your dream looks different than ours. Um, you will also perhaps notice that the dream you start with isn't the same dream that you have in the middle. Um, and so if you are wanting to have a business that sustains your life, but we aren't talking six figures, we aren't even talking multiple five figures, perhaps. Um, that's totally fine. That's amazing. Um, the goal of a profitable, stable business is to create profit to stabilize both your business and your life. That is your unique situation. If your goal is to only make 2K in a month, that's your goal. That's amazing that you're also able to um, both thrive and survive on that money. Um, I had a client be like, I would love that month, but I'm going to have to wait until my, my son's in school or, you know, a couple pieces down the road. I need it to be part-time right now. Whereas she experienced such an amazing amount of growth when we were working together, she had to go, okay, pause, 
What is happening on here? Can I handle it? Do I even want it? And what she discovered is right now, she does not want that hustle. She does not want the multiple five figures. She does not want to hit the six figure in a year. And that's great. That's amazing that she was able to tell me that and also share it and identify it herself. Um, And I feel like she was probably feeling a little bit of shame when she shared that. But I was on this side of the screen, just so happy and cheering it along. Because if you can communicate your dream to me, we can make it happen. I don't want you to be hustling seven days a week. I want you to be going to work maybe three days a week and enjoying the rest of your life if that is what you want to do. Um, If you are someone who is a tad bit of a workaholic or recovering workaholic, we can work with that. Um, I don't want you to be grinding 24-7. I don't even want you to be available to your clients 24-7. I want you to have those boundaries that work with your life. Um, So if your dream looks different, I'm not going to say the word smaller because your dream's not smaller. Your dream is your dream. And also keep in mind that it is okay if your dream changes as you go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes a hundred percent sense, I guess. Okay. So I really planned this out to like, ask you super like tactical questions. Like what software do you like for tracking expenses? And like, how do you go about making that habit? But honestly, I don't, I feel like that's like a waste of time to use you for, <laughs> for that when we are having like a really powerful conversation more about like the mindset and, you know, that side of, of money, which I feel like is very rarely talked about. So what's your approach? Like, how are you working with your clients and on social media and in your own, like in your own mind to break that like age old belief that horse girls are broke and horse girls have no money. And you know, the like meme that goes around, like the best way to become a millionaire in horses is to start off as a billionaire. Like, you know, what are you doing to change that narrative? Yeah. Um, so I work with equestrian entrepreneurs in a few ways. Um, I have some digital courses and products. Um, There's more on the way in that aspect. Um, But I love working one-on-one with equestrian entrepreneurs because money has so many emotions and it is a physical energy. Um, It is really important for us to be able to identify your money wounds, your money story, and how we want to rewrite that. Um, And so I work with equestrian entrepreneurs on their business side of finances, but there's times when we'll be talking about business and I will hear a snippet that tells me they're struggling personally, whether that is cash flow or management or mindset. And that is when we also have to dig into their side of the money because we can make you all the money in your business you want. But if you aren't able to handle that, both within your business and personally, you're always going to keep in this cycle of getting money and being broke. Um, And so I'm doing my very best to, one, um, encourage communication and transparency within our industry, but also provide education. How do we handle our money? How can we track our, our money and handle it better with less workload on ourselves? So It doesn't matter if I have a client that is monthly service, I do their books for them, or I have a client come to me to get set up on QuickBooks and get a process. My goal, no matter what, is to have you able to do the things with your money. So you understand, hi, I can log into QuickBooks online and pull my reports and see how much money I'm making. Um, I can use these different reports to leverage that. 
I never want a client to be dependent on me. You can ask me to do things. I will do my best to get it done quickly um, and correctly. But at the end of the day, if you want to pull something or you want to do things, I want you to be able to. Um, One big piece that I have seen shift a lot of mindsets and management in equestrian entrepreneurs is money meetings. So this is also how I began to rewrite my money story is every Monday I sit down with my notebook and a pen and I write out every single bank account I have. So my personal bank account, my credit card, um, my line of credit. I also write down my my student loan and my vehicle loan. Um, And then I will also go and write down all my business accounts. So if you are an equestrian entrepreneur, this is a really good tip because I want you to have a operating account I want you to have at least one savings account for income tax. And then I also want you to have a credit card that is totally separate, um, business credit card, only business expenses. And you write that all down on the piece of paper. You see what is going on within your personal life and your business within a quick snapshot. But you can also see, hi, do I have accounts receivable? Do I have money coming in this week? And it really sets you up to one, know what money is coming in, what money is going out, and how you're going to manage it for that that week. But mindset-wise, seeing that is a huge shift for me. I am someone that when I get anxious, I will sit down and just start writing my numbers out. What money do I have? What bills are due? What are my savings goals? Um, and whether it's pen and paper or Excel um, or a app. I use pen and paper because money is so energetic to me. And so this is how I'm able to connect with it. Um, The biggest thing you can do for yourself is actually connecting to your money um, and stop ignoring it. So many of us go into the tax store, we swipe the credit card. We don't know if it's going to actually go through. We have no idea what's in our bank account. We ignore all the debt we have and chalk it up to being the broke horse girl. Because growing up, we are literally told that. I remember even in just my, my up and down riding lessons, you know, you would have the jokes of, oh, she's going to be a broke horse girl or good luck parents. You're going to be broke for the rest of your time. Um, instead of having these conversations with ourselves or our kids of hi, we have X amount of money to spend on horses. Does this work? How do we make that work? Um, spending outside of our means to chase our dreams just digs our hole deeper. Um, actually a really good example of that is, I had a client approach me um, at the beginning of last year and was like, I'm so excited to work with you this year. Um, And so I went out to their barn and I realized, holy shit, they are in a very, very deep hole. Um, And they should have probably came to me at least six months ago. Um, And so the biggest problem I need us to get away from is actually jumping into full-time entrepreneur before we're ready. And that is really hard for me to say as an entrepreneur, because, you know, if you're scared, just step forward. If you aren't ready to take that leap, just leap. Because on the other side of that comfort zone is everything you are waiting for. But if you aren't financially set up, if you aren't set up with processes, with systems, and you are leaping into business, you're digging yourself a hole. You aren't climbing a mountain, you're digging yourself a hole. And when you get out of that hole, if you get out of that hole, then you have the mountain to climb. Climb the mountain, don't dig the hole. Um, And so 
there's lots of ways in front way I'm trying to shift the industry, but it being um, education and empowerment and transparency around money. Um, just this last um, fall, uh, you know, actually, no, it is winter now. Um, so just this last fall, I um, was a part of the Noah Floyd Horses and Money uh, workshop. And it was so incredible to have such a big voice talk about something I've been talking about for two years um, to bring that to an audience that wouldn't hear about me otherwise or wouldn't hear about me for a time until that so the fact that we are beginning to have these conversations shows we are beginning to shift I actually just got an inquiry last week that came from the horses and money workshop and the last couple of years are the first time in 15 years she has created profit it was really really grateful and full of gratitude But at the end of the day, she was the one that put in the work that invested in the courses and invested in herself to be able to shift her her business from being unprofitable to being profitable. Um, So it's getting our equestrian businesses to actually look at numbers and then use those numbers to then change the course of their business. Yeah. Do you think that's the biggest problem that like the biggest thing equestrian entrepreneurs are getting wrong is just ignoring it and hoping it goes away instead of really looking like you know we're digging the hole instead of climbing the mountain like just pretending like it doesn't happen and saying oh I'll figure it out later like is that what you think is like the root of a lot of equestrian entrepreneurs like struggles with money in the easiest way without breaking in all of the emotions and all of the things we do outside of handling our money absolutely there is not a rule but something I often say with my clients is sorry I'm stupid. Um, I don't understand money. I'm I'm not made for business. Our statements I won't allow when you're working with me um, because you don't need to be sorry. You are here looking at your numbers. We are going to get you on a path to do this. Um, Everyone I talk to, shame is just laced within their words. Um, And again, yeah, we don't look at our numbers, but we aren't taught to look at our numbers. We are taught how to muck stalls. We are taught how to save or help a colicking horse. We are taught how to deal with wounds or teaching other people how to ride. But we're not taught, hi, when you go into business, you need to set up your bank accounts. You need to set up your structure. You need to make sure that you have any accounting software. You should establish a brand. You should make sure your website actually allows people to contact you. Um, I remember reaching out to a barn last year for lessons via their website and I waited two weeks. And then because I know them, I went, hi, um, I know I'm messaging you on Facebook messenger, but did you get my email? If you have and you're busy, I totally get it. But otherwise I wanted to make sure it reaches you. And the response I got back was, oh, that email doesn't work. Um, you're the- <laughs> Exactly. Just we'll chat on Messenger and you can come out here. Great, because I was able to contact them a second way. But how many clients have reached out to them and then gave up and went to another bar? Yeah. That is lost revenue, lost opportunity, simply because we aren't prioritizing the business. We have to be able to muck the stalls, care for the horses, teach the lessons, feed the horses, clean the barn again. Um, And so that's also making sure that we have an accounting software or systems in place that really streamlines that. So you're still able to do the million other things you need to do as an equestrian entrepreneur. Yeah. Isn't it funny how like almost any other business is treated like a actual business, but equestrians are like, 
oh, we'll just figure it out. Like we're, we'll just scrap stuff together. We don't really need to know the details. We don't need Excel spreadsheets and QuickBooks. Like we'll just, we'll just write some stuff on a sticky note and hope we remember it's there. Yep. Absolutely. Um, since the get-go, I have said, it doesn't matter if your client has two legs or four legs. If you do not have a plan to make money, making money is going to seem impossible. Um, we really do not prioritize making strategies or even <laughs> following those strategies through. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. It's just interesting. Like, you know, it's stuff that I am like, subconsciously aware of how the industry is run but like us talking about it really just like brings it to light how much that's just like normalized like somebody being like oh yes I have excel spreadsheets and my quickbooks filled out like you know like let's just say a barn owner who has all that stuff organized people would be like geez like that's insane instead of being like wow yeah that's the industry standard like that would be absolutely unheard of (laughs) absolutely and I am this year has been the year of me bringing on more barn clients. Um, normally I have body workers um, are my very popular clients, but I've been working with some barns and some professional riders this last quarter, which has been so incredible. And I'm seeing barns that actually prioritize those processes. Um, I had a client come on um, that had her books in line and it was such an easy process as opposed to having to clean up her books, fix the mistakes. I started with a really nice pair of books that she's already profitable. Um, She's making multiple six figures. And the really great thing is I now have, I think at least three barns that are making six figures and above, but they know their numbers. They send out invoices to their clients. They send out reminders to their clients. They implement late fees. They have price changes going in effect. Um, And every month they know their numbers because it is so important. Hi, it is literally uh, a few days. I don't know the exact before the end of the month or before the end of the year. And if you don't know your numbers right now, you're likely going to be either paying a good amount in taxes, or you don't know that you didn't make any money this year. I sit down with my clients come Q3 and then again in Q4. Hi, what do our numbers look like? What do we need to do? Do we need to spend money? Do we need to invest money? Do we need to give you more money personally? Do we invest in your retirement plan? There are so many different tax strategies that we can do, but we do have to remember it is important to show profit on our tax returns because if you are if you are having goals to create that equestrian empire, to create that that six figs or somewhere where you can actually sustainably grow and you might need money from a bank or an investor, they need to know those numbers. They need to know you're able to make money and handle money. Because if you are someone who is amazing at what you do, you are so far above the curve, you are innovative. If you don't have that financial data to share, it's going to be really hard to secure that funding. So do yourself the favor. Yes, we don't want to pay more taxes to the government than we need to, but we also want to make sure we are showing a profit and we aren't just treating our business as a hobby to fund our horse girl dreams. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, I am the epitome of everything they're talking about as far as like chaotic business, no spreadsheets, don't know their numbers. Like what are the three things that they need to do? Like to, I mean, we're recording this December of 
2022. Like we're about to be in 2023. What are three things they can do to set themselves up for 2023 to be not the year of chaos and the year of profitability and knowing their numbers? Less talk and more action. Um, at the end of it is I have had people who will send me messages, you know, 2022 is going to be the year I get on top of my bookkeeping and I know my numbers. And I am now looking at the end of 2022 and I haven't seen them walk through my client. I haven't seen them doing their own books. And I am someone who has great conversations with my, my audience and my clients within DMs of Instagram. Um, and that hasn't popped up. So don't let 2023 be another year in which you say you are going to change how you treat your business, but then don't. Um, If you are someone who ignores your bookkeeping all year, um, you want to get that year on bookkeeping done sooner than later, because then you can contribute to your retirement savings, or you can start a retirement savings and put that into that. Um, Instead of paying our government money that we will never see again, we are able to put money into our retirement fund that we will see again, as long as we make it to retirement. Um, And so that is how I think about that. One, some actionable items is I actually just released a downloadable on Equestrian Entrepreneur's website. So equestrianentrepreneur.ca for $65 Canadian, you get a guide on how to do your year end and a template so that you can walk through this guide you learn about your deductible expenses. You learn about how you should be recording your income because hot tip, you need to be invoicing regardless if your client wants it or not. And so it will walk you through it. You'll plug everything into the template and you see your income, your expenses, and then your profit at the end of it. You should technically be able to take that template and give it to your CPA or your tax accountant um, to kick off um, 2023, if you don't have separate finances from your business and personal, go sit down with a bank, go and set up a operating, at least one savings and a credit card. Um, some businesses or sorry, some banks will tell you that you're too new of a business to start up, um, a credit card. If you are a sole prop, your credit score, your personal credit score is what gets you your credit card. Banks will try to talk to us and tell us otherwise, but we just need to be confident and sure in ourselves. Hi, I know that my credit score is the thing that's going to get me that business credit card. Could we look into this? And if you need to perhaps change the limit, discuss that. Um, Also, never be afraid to ask for your credit card um, annual fees to be waived or reimbursed. If you can negotiate your bank fees, your monthly bank fees, as well as your visa or credit card interest fees, the bank is really a place to help you. You are giving them money to work with. Remember that you are their client. So you're in bookkeeping, start the year off with your bank account set up. And if you don't already have an accounting software, let's get an accounting software set up for you and have you actually knowing your numbers throughout 2023. That's amazing. Krista, this has been wonderful. I want to be mindful of your time. Although I think I could probably talk with you about this for like 12 more hours. I need some coffee, but I love, I love talking about all things money. Um, and this has just been amazing. So thank you so much. I just have a few rapid fire questions for you really quick. Try and answer them in a sentence or less, but nobody rarely does anybody actually do that. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Number one, what is your favorite color for a horse? 
Oh, bang. <laughs> I can, I can get on board with that for sure. What's your favorite time of year? Oh, oh gosh. Fall. <laughs> That's classic. Uh, do you prefer Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll settle, but TikTok is like where it's at, but whatever. Do you naturally err on the side of treat yourself or pinch your pennies? I'm a pinch your pennies for sure. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Thank you so much, Krista. Um, just tell everyone really quickly like, what your Instagram handle is, and we will link it up in the show notes as well. Absolutely. So you can find me at two places. Um, Equestrian Bookkeeper is more of my CXO account. And then Equestrian Entrepreneur is where you will find more and more business content. Both of them are loaded with value. If you are looking for bookkeeping or business tips, head on over there. Um, And you can find us at the same places on Facebook and TikTok. (laughs) TikTok, (laughs) the forgotten child. Krista, amazing. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you for having me on here. Yes, absolutely. Hey, I'm Cassidy Brooke, a full-time equine photographer with a passion for helping other photographers create the life of their dreams. When I abruptly quit my corporate job without any idea of what I was going to do, I suddenly found myself picking up a $400 camera, downloading a free app on my iPad, and taking photos of any horse I could get in front of my camera. That little hobby sparked a six-figure business, which allows me to live life on my terms. Now, I'm here to help you grow your photography business so that you can make your wildest dreams your reality. This is the Equine Photography Podcast.